You're listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. It's good to be in the Word of God together today, and I'm excited to get to speak to you for a few minutes. Um, as I'm talking today, in the comment on the video feed, if you, uh, if you like something I'm saying or like something you hear, just go ahead and you know, affirm that. If you have any questions about what we're talking about or something you'd like to talk to us a little bit more about, we're doing a little podcast uh, in the Anova Vineyard podcast, a segment called Deeper Stuff, and you can, uh, we'll try to tackle that later this week if uh, we get a chance to. So uh, your questions, we'll, we'll at least talk about them. We might not have the answers, but we'll, we'll banter those about a little bit and spend a little time doing that on our podcast this week. Uh, I know the tendency to, uh, in this season right now, is to preach on fear and anxiety. You know, Psalms 91 sermon. A lot of people are doing that right now. Those sermons are out there, and you can find one of those if, if that's what you need. What's on my heart and mind lately is that the church is built for moments like this. That uh, we are strong, God's positioned us. If we know Him, He's at work. And... Uh, People are looking for wisdom and hope right now, and guess what? Uh, That's you if you know the Lord Jesus and you're walking with him. God wants to use you. So today I want to talk about something that's on God's heart as we finish our series called Loving Your Neighbor, and it's on loving the poor. Now, I, I put this off to the end for a reason. I wanted to really have time to think about this and chew on it a little bit before we talked about it, but I want to, I want to start with the obvious. In the United States of America, we are blessed. I've traveled around the world many places, and I've seen some real poverty. And compared to so many people around the world, we are so fortunate and blessed. Uh, I've, I've uh, you know, almost all of us have food and shelter and air conditioning and Netflix. <laughs> you know, uh, quarantining is not that hard right now for most of us. If Cindy Mendoza were here from Cindy's Hope, from Rwanda and Kenya, she'd have some stories. If Shannon Shores were here from uh, Botswana, he could tell us some things. And if uh, Claudia and Randy were here, they could, they could say things as well. People literally die of hunger every year. The estimate is 25,000 people a year die from hunger, or every day from hunger, 25,000. Uh, I was reading in the BBC this week that uh, a child die, dies from hunger every 10 seconds around the world. While I'm speaking today, that's for 30 minutes, that's like 180 children. And I know that's heavy. It's a sobering thought. But the fact that we've got it so good here in the U.S. doesn't disqualify us from meeting the needs around us. It doesn't let us off the hook. We can't just send money. Uh, God's call is to love the poor all around us. And there's poor people right here in Wichita. Being a follower of the Lord Jesus and loving and caring for the poor are tied together. You know, 200 times in the Bible we see this, uh, loving and caring for the poor. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8, it says, But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Psalms 41, all the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. 
<coughs> Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me, Jesus says, to bring good news to the poor. <laughs> so this morning, I just want to take a few moments to dig into this a bit, and we'll look at a few more scriptures that talk about God's heart for the poor. The, the first thing is this, Jesus expects us to care for the poor among us. In Luke 18, we see Jesus talking with a religious leader. It says, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? You know the commandments, he said. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. You know, the Lord Jesus confronted this, this guy who had a lot of power and influence, and this guy saw the Lord Jesus' life and wanted to have a life like his, and that was, that was a good thing. And the Lord Jesus pointed him back to the commandments. And he's feeling pretty good about himself. And he says, man, I've kept those commandments. I'm doing a good job here. So Jesus shocks him. He gives him the shocking truth. You ever have the Lord Jesus do that to you? He gives you the shocking truth. He tells him, okay, then a natural outgrowth of doing all the commandments is you must love the poor. So why don't you go sell everything you've got and give all your money away to people who are poor? Now that sounds extreme and most of us couldn't imagine doing something like that today. But here's the thing. The gospel of the Lord Jesus that he preached was the gospel of the kingdom. And, and here's how it works. Unless we give our life fully to the king, we have no part in the kingdom. You know, in Jesus' day, when a, a man would propose marriage to a young woman, he would go to her house with his father. He'd offer her a glass of wine. And he'd say these words, all that I have... All that I am, I give to you. And she would either take the glass and drink it, which means yes, or she would hand it back, which would not be good. Uh, and she would uh, hopefully drink it, and she would say back to him, All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. And, and this is a picture of our relationship with God. Jesus came and he died on the cross for us. He gave his blood to us. He offers that to us. And he says to us, All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. And we either say yes or no, but in saying yes, we say, uh, God, all that I am, all that I have, I give to you. And that's how the kingdom works. The cost for coming into the kingdom is the same for all of us. Uh, it costs us everything we have. Every step of the way, uh, it costs us all. So Jesus is asking this guy, are you willing to give me all that you are all that you have to have relationship with me, will you give it away? Because here's the thing, the Lord Jesus saw caring for the poor and loving the poor uh, as part of the essence of following him. Uh, from the very beginning, Jesus said all the law and the commandments hung on two things. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second one was, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, that's compassion. That's what the whole thing hangs on. And he's telling this guy, if you want to have my life, 
You've got to put me at the center, and you've got to meet other people's needs the way that I am meeting your needs. You've got to give it away. Now, some of us might say, well, I don't know anybody who's poor. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, most of the time, I think our eyes are blinded. We live in such a consumer culture. We tend to be focused more on things than we do on people sometimes. And the Bible doesn't talk about consumerism, but it talks about greed and selfishness and self-focused. You know, we, we tend not to be satisfied. We keep ordering more. I say order more because I'm delivering more packages, Amazon packages online right now than I have uh, almost ever before. Is there poverty around us? Yeah, there is. But we tend to see poverty as something out there and not something around us. There are people all around us who are poor and need to be cared for. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with statistics, but let's just talk about Kansas. It's where we live. 2018, a couple years ago, 360,000 Kansans live below the poverty line. Now, what's the poverty line? $24,000 a year for a household of four people. That's not very much money. Do you know that females struggle with poverty more than males do? And 13.3% of households in Kansas are considered food insecure. The next meal is not guaranteed. We could go on and on and on. Our, our neighborhood is statistically one of the poorest neighborhoods in Wichita. So we tend to think the poor are just way out there somewhere, but really the poor are all around us. Now, in our neighborhood, most people aren't homeless. They've got jobs, but it's not providing enough income to pay their bills. And there's kids without food and the elderly making the choice, do I buy medicine this week or do I buy food? And then there's single parents. Here's the question for us. Which Jesus are we following? Because somehow in our culture we've distanced loving and serving the poor from following Jesus. We see them as two separate things. Jesus doesn't. He says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to care for the poor and love the poor around you. Do you know that even Jesus, when he came to earth, was born to two poor parents? That when he came into this earth, they didn't have money for a onesie <laughs> or an outfit. They, they wrapped him in what was called swaddling clothes, which was just strips of cloth was all they had. They, they bound him in strips of cloth, and they laid him in a feed trough because they were traveling. They were poor. Is this the Jesus you're following? Or see the Jesus of American values. See, aren't you glad you tuned in today? <laughs> now, now's not the time to go grab a sandwich. Hang with me a little bit longer, you know. We can't follow Jesus and ignore the poor. The second thing is this. Jesus expects us to include the poor. Uh, here's another passage. Jesus is at a guy's house on the Sabbath. This is what he says in Luke 14. Then he turned to his host he says this, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers or relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. He says, don't invite your friends. Seriously? <laughs> When's the last time you had a party you didn't invite your friends, you invited people that 
don't have a car and you had to go pick them up. <laughs> you know, that's what he's saying here. He, he's, he's making a point. And this is what he's saying. James 2 says it too. This is Jesus' brother. Uh, God has chosen those who are poor to be rich in faith. You know, when we spend time with people that don't have a lot, uh, Jesus said it actually enriches our faith and helps us to grow. Years ago, I took students to Mexico on a, on a missions trip, Mary and I did, and we're down in Mexico, and we're giving the gospel, and we go to this city that's made, it's, it's in a garbage dump, and the homes are made out of trash, and uh, whatever the people could find, and the doors were made out of bed springs, most of them were, and they were tied together to lock people out to, for some safety, and of course, we were all shocked because we hadn't seen that level of poverty before. But as we met people and went around, we saw some real joy in the middle of that. Kids laughing and playing, people wanting to talk, and it surprised us. I spent some time in Manaus, Brazil, and we were visiting some people from the church that we were speaking at. And we go to this area, and there, these people are basically squatting on this property illegally. They're tying, they're getting electricity illegally from the phone lines. There's wires running off the phone lines that people have to get electricity for their homes. And, and we head in, and this guy sees us, and he just can't believe that we came to say hi. And he, he brings us all into his home. We barely fit. He makes us food. And being the stupid person that I am, I'm like, can we help you with some money or anything? And he looked at me just absolutely shocked, like, I'm, I'm here to serve you. And he fed us out of what little he had. And it was one of the, the best meals, the best times I've ever had. If you want to grow in your faith, spend time with people like that. Now, I know not everybody who is poor is rich in faith. I understand that. But a lot of people are. And a lot of people, it's not about what they own or don't own. And there's something we can learn. In fact, I'd say this. If you're struggling with your Christianity, if it's dull and dry and boring, go spend some time with someone who doesn't have very much and be with them. God says you'll grow in faith and learn what's important. Couple more things. The reality of our faith is shown by the way we treat the poor. James 1 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. He says, Pure religion is helping people that don't have resources, that can't make it. Uh, you share what you have, and that's real Christianity, <laughs> it's real religion. He went on to say in James 2, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that faith save anyone? And this is the illustration he gives. Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food, no clothes, and you say, Hey, goodbye, have a great day, <laughs> stay, stay warm and well-fed, and uh, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? James would say, is your faith real or is it pretend? Do you know there's such a thing as pretend faith? It's faith that never gets outside of the theoretical and meets the needs of the people around us. I know that's hard. You know, one of the problems in the church today, there's not much difference between people who say they're following Jesus uh, and, and, and people that know they're not. Sometimes people that don't know God are meeting needs much better than the churches, and this, this can't be. <laughs> Lord Jesus was hard on people who said they knew him and followed him, but did nothing to, to help the poor. 
His harshest criticism was for those who say they had it down but didn't. Uh, Matthew 23, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside is filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What was on the inside of the cup? Greed and self-indulgence. What's self-indulgence? All my resources are going to, to meet my needs and not to help anyone else. Tim Keller, the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and a famous author, he, he just said this simply, Jesus regularly attacked the complacency of comfortably religious people who protect themselves from the needs of others. I know this is intense, and we're practicing social distancing right now, but how many of us distance ourselves from the poor? Distance ourselves from people in need. Don't get close to people that are having problems and challenges and financial difficulty. Uh, that's not God's heart. The final point is this, and this is, I guess this is a selfish point, but it is a point, so I'll give it. Jesus will reward us based on what we do for the poor. Matthew 25 uh, Jesus is talking about when he comes back in the, in the, in the, the judgment, he's going to gather everyone together and separate people based on who's really following him and who's not. And he's going to say to those who are following him, you know, come, you who are blessed of my father, and here the kingdom prepared for you because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your house. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and he visited me. And the, the, these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the one, to the one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. And this is a concept that's hard to get our arms around, but when we minister to the poor and needy, we're actually ministering to the Lord. <laughs> that's how much God cares about this. Mother Teresa, who spent her whole life caring for the poor and sick and dying in Calcutta, India, said it like this, earthly sufferers are nothing less than Jesus in this distressing disguise. Now, I honestly hope this is not a bummer for you as we talk about these things. I understand. It's like, Greg, we're dealing with all this coronavirus stuff. Our lives are being turned upside down. Really? <laughs> Some of us I know, yeah, it's, it feels that way for sure. You know, and the world's going crazy, and is it time to talk about something like this? And I just want us to remember what's important right now in the middle of hard times. I want to challenge us in times that are tough, you know, be wise, but be the church, <laughs> especially right now with all that's going on. We need to be looking around us, seeing the need, and not distancing ourselves from, uh, from need around us. This is important to the Lord. It needs to be important to us. Now, as a community, uh, we're getting better at this as a church. We've helped families over the years pay bills. 
We've helped people get apartments. We provided food, uh, Christmas gifts for families, clothing for people. We provided meals. We, I think we have a big heart. And I'm glad we're growing and we're getting better at this. But there's more that we can do as we move forward. A couple things. I'm excited that right now uh, we've got the food pantry going on right here in our church. It's a small thing, but it's an important thing. The local food pantry is right here. Jack and Debbie Shores are doing such a great job putting this together. And it's, it's, I'm excited it's coming home. This is a great place to get involved. We want to serve the poor. So take advantage of it. It's not our job to decide who's worthy or who's not worthy. It's our job to give. God's going to work it out. So some simple things we can do to get involved in this. Uh, bring some canned goods when you come to church. When we start having church again, <laughs> but, you know, live and in person. Bring some canned goods when you come. Uh, come the first Saturday of every month and hand out food. There's, there's, there's real people with real needs that you can meet to give food, to pray with people, to love them. Uh, join us this Tuesday night as we go around our neighbor, just, neighborhood just handing out flyers and reaching out to people. Now, we've also discussed ways of caring for those of us who are laid off uh, and affected right now by the stay-at-home order. Uh, we've talked about tithing off any money that we get from the government coming very soon and setting that, side of, uh, that money aside to meet needs right here in our own church. And I think that's good. So another thing you can do is check with your neighbors right now. There are people around you maybe who have some need that you can meet so don't stay in your home, get out, social distance, but meet needs around you. Now, this week we're going to try, if you have questions about anything we talked about or comments, we're going to talk about this in our podcast called Deeper Stuff. And I want to challenge you in your homes today. Don't just, when this is done, don't just shut it off. Why don't you have a discussion as a family or as friends and talk about what can we better do to love and serve the poor among us? Here's the question. Are we Christians who serve the poor or are we people who distance ourselves from poverty and from need? Let's pray together. God, we love you today. We thank you that you can be gentle <laughs> and you are gentle with us, but there's times you can be challenging. Lord, we admit we have, we have a lot of room to grow in this as individuals, as families, as a church. Lord, would you put things on our heart? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now and give us ideas and thoughts that we can do to, uh, to better love and care for poor people among us? Lord, may we be known as generous people who not only love you, but we love people in need and that we would have a reputation for being a church who gives and who cares. God, bless us today in our homes. Holy Spirit, even as we have this final song, Lord, would you minister to us and lead us? And God, I pray that for us, that caring for the poor and the move of the Holy Spirit would go together, that, Lord, you would come in power, and, Lord, that generosity would overflow out of everything you're doing in us. God, we love you, and we thank you today. Bless us and all the churches around Wichita who are live streaming today. And, God, we love you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, amen.